What's up, everyone? This is Justin Ruff, the host of the Flawcast Network and the owner of the LeBron Kings, and you're listening to the Flawcast Network. Hello, and welcome to the Flawcast Network. This is your commissioner speaking, Scott Benzing, filling in for the normal host, Justin Ruff, who decided to take a vacation. Um, and I am joined today by the lovely, the one and only person with the magical flowing hair that's mr tc how you doing today tc scotty it is good to be on the vlogcast it's weird a little bit honestly because it's not thursday so i don't know if my body was ready for this but when you asked me i was like let's fucking do it i'm sorry pardon my language i know swear word swear word um, but I was ready to do this. I'm, I'm excited to be here, especially after a, a pretty solid Sunday of football. Yeah, yeah. There were a lot of good games. Um, you and I have been facing each other this week, the battle of the undefeateds and the flog. And so uh, it's a tightly contested match. We can get into that a little bit later. But we'll start right off getting into the games. Um, we'll start with your Patriots taking on the Las Vegas Raiders and the Patriots looking good coming away with the 36 to 20 win. How did you feel about Cam Newton and Bill Belichick leading the Patriots to a victory this week? You know, anytime, like I was talking to a buddy about Bill Belichick the other day and you know, he just, he's the genius. That's why he's got the, the accolades that he has. And the thing about Bill Belichick is he finds a player's strengths and utilizes them. And I'm, I'm so impressed with what, what he's doing with Cam Newton and, you know, how he got Cam Newton for, you know, pretty much a dollar fifty, actually probably $750. Um, so, but, but then seeing Cam Newton just go out there and, you know, they named him captain and you don't see that often. He just joined in and, and the way he leads the team, you know, it's exciting because last year, after seeing Cam Newton be on the, you know, the IR most of the year with the Panthers, I just thought he was washed. I didn't care about him. But then we got him as a Patriot. I'm like, okay, okay, I can, uh, I can get behind this. So, you know, I'm excited with Cam Newton. I'm ready to see what more games hold. And, you know, he's doing well so far. Yeah, and the Patriots offense, I mean, they've, they've had Tom Brady for the last 20 years, and you knew what you were getting every year. You knew you were getting an accurate quarterback that was going to be able to throw it um, even against bad matchups. Um, and then Cam Newton comes in and they've, they've really had to adapt how they play offense. And I mean, you look at last week, they, they lost to the Seahawks, but Cam Newton threw for a ton of yards. They were throwing it all over the field. Uh, this week they come out and Cam Newton doesn't have a great day. He's only 162 yards passing one touchdown, one interception, but the running game, um, the running game, they carried it as a team 38 times for 250 yards. And there were some big games out of Sony Michelle and Rex Burkhead there, James White still being out because his father passed away in that car wreck, unfortunately. Um, and so it's just, it's, it's interesting. I think it's really cool to see a dynamic Patriots offense where every week they're just going to game plan with the new weapon they have on offense. And, yeah, it's it's exciting after seeing the same thing for 20 years. Yeah, um, this reminds me of uh, a few years back with the Jonas Gray game where no one knew who he was, um, and he comes out and scores four touchdowns, and then like pretty much after that game, he's never heard from again. 
So that's just Belichick being Belichick. But I'm so happy that they've established a run game. And I'm super excited. Like, um, you know, it's great to see Burkhead, you know, six rushes, 49 yards, two touchdowns. And then he had seven receptions, 49 yards and touchdown. But I'm mostly excited to see Sony Michelle here with his 117 yards. He had some really good break run, breakout runs. And, and that's, that's good to see because he's been, you know, on my mind, you know, as, you know, as he's, He's kind of the feature back, but he's not really featured because it's Bill Belichick, but he's the main guy, I would imagine. Um, and he just hasn't really done what we're hoping for the running back position to, to bring forth. Sony Michelle really hasn't done that. So seeing him run the way that he ran this Sunday, it was good. It was good on the heart and soul. Yep, he had 117 yards rushing, only had nine carries. He was actually tied for second on the team in carries. Uh, J.J. Taylor had the most with 11 for 43 yards. Cam Newton also had nine carries for 27 yards. Um, And, I mean, they still have James Whites. He's going to be coming back after uh, some personal time off to deal with that family tragedy. And then they also have that the young guy, Damian Harris, who's been on IR, who is going to come back and take some more touches. So as far as fantasy option goes, um, it seems like this rushing attack's really a crapshoot going forward. I mean, Cam Newton seems like the only person who's reliable as a rusher uh, because he's going to get a lot of those goal line. But for this game, it was all Rex Burkhead. And I, I'm going to toot my own horn a little bit here because I was in a bad situation on my team, had a ton of injuries. All my running backs were out. They decided they wanted to take the week off. And so I had to pick up somebody in a desperation move. I got Rex Burkhead an hour before the game and threw him in my lineup, and the guy scores three touchdowns. Um, you mentioned the receptions. Uh, he filled in nicely for that James White little dump-off passes, uh, got a receiving touchdown, and then he got all the goal line carries. Sony Michelle had more yards. J.J. Taylor had a lot more carries, but Rex Burke had got all of those goal line touches. Um, I, I, again, I think this offense, it's for fantasy purposes, you got Cam Newton, you got some of the receivers, Julian Edelman, who didn't have a great game, only two for 23 on six targets, but um, yeah, their offense is exciting as a football team to watch. And I, I will admit that I had my my doubts about whether or not Cam Newton and the Patriots were gonna gonna do well this year, and that those have been erased. Um, yeah, I think everybody was kind of on the fence. I I think though that once they got Cam Newton for the price that they got him, and it was Bill Belichick pulling the you know pulling the trigger on that. I think people started realizing and, and it was going to unfold it, but like, Oh gosh, like I think the Patriots are going to be good again. We, they were, you know, so many Patriot haters calling Paters were excited to see that Tom Brady shipped down to the old Tampa Bay, your favorite team. And the, they were singing in the chorus about how the Patriots were going to be terrible this year. But then the Cam Newton move came and I think the tune changed. So I'm, I'm happy with where we're at. And even after that shootout last week against uh, Seattle, you know, I, we saw Cam Newton throwing the ball. So we know that he can. And Edelman last week, you know, this week he didn't do great, but last week he had the most receptions – or not most receptions, but the most receiving yards he's ever had in a game. So that's a positive. You know, I'm just looking for these, these good things that happen when, you know, when things don't go right. And Edelman and Newton connecting like that was, was so great last week. But – I'm I'm excited for the rest of the year to unfold. Yeah, and we'll see how the passing goes. I mean, 
So you mentioned the that Cam Newton threw all those yards against the Seahawks. The Seahawks might have the worst secondary in the league. I mean, they gave up 450 yards passing to Matt Ryan in week one. They gave up 360-something to Cam Newton, and then they gave up another 400 yards to Dak Prescott yesterday. Yeah. So we'll see if Cam Newton can throw um, against better defenses, but he might not need to if they're going to run the ball like this. Yeah, that, and um, I'm okay with that. Totally okay with that, but I feel like you're also – throwing Cam Newton in the same sentence as Dak Prescott and Matt Ryan. And those guys are always um, fantasy options when it comes to yardage and touchdowns and points and overall scored. So I'm okay with that too. Yep. And I mean, the, the biggest thing that's going to carry the Patriots is their defense. They're good every year. And the, the offense they were going up against coming off that big win last week against the Saints was the Las Vegas Raiders. And there, there were some guys that had decent fantasy days. Uh, Derek Carr had 261 yards passing and two touchdowns. So I think he did better than most people expected. He got a touchdown late. Uh, he threw the ball to Hunter Renfro, who with Henry Ruggs out, uh, we all know Tyrell Williams is out for the season, their other wide receiver. Hunter Renfro seems to be like the favorite target there. He had nine targets from Derek Carr, ended up with six catches for 84 yards and a touchdown. Um, and it was an awesome touchdown catch up. Yeah, that nice, was spectacular. Nice, beautiful deep ball. He jumped up, grabbed it, fell into the end zone as a defender was right on him. Um, but other than that, there was not a lot. Josh Jacobs ran the ball decently well, but the Raiders were down. And so they weren't, they weren't able to just eat the clock and hand the ball off to Josh Jacobs, who was a little bit banged up. Uh, got injured a little bit last week, so he probably wasn't at full strength. He had 16 carries for 70 one yards um added a couple catches in there three for 12 but yeah the Raiders not much to speak of in terms of big stat producers they did get that touchdown late but they were held to 10 points through three quarters so yeah that's that's uh it's it's heartening um you know it's not heartening but I guess it's a good thing to see because of how you know how much they beat the Saints by they just came out and Derek Carr was just slinging it last week and then I'm like okay I'm this is kind of going to be a nail biter because the Saints are generally solid um but I feel like Cam Newton um and Burkhead came out and led the Patriots um Bill Belichick had a good game plan Josh McDaniels executed and they did their work and they came up with the W so I'm happy about that this overall win uh against the Raiders this week Yep, and that defense we talked about for the Patriots forcing three turnovers. Yes, Derek, that's Carr, Derek Carr losing two fumbles. One of them was in the end zone. They originally called a safety, and it ended up being a fumble that the Patriots fell on for a touchdown. And then Josh Jacobs also lost a fumble, which is not typical for him. Yeah. Any last words on this game before we move on? Um, no, not really. I guess I'm I'm excited to see the the next you know what next week what happens. I'm I'm going to be constantly keeping my eye on on them of course i am i mean it's my favorite team so you know just just we're uh we're on to week four yep and uh, i know the later in the season there'll be some big games between the patriots and the buffalo bills who are also looking really good this this season oh yeah that's who i'm nervous about basic based on the conference though but for now we will move on to my favorite team those tampa bay buccaneers where your longtime QB decided he was done with the cold, harsh New England winters and wanted to move to sunny Florida down to Tampa Bay, like a lot of retirees do. Um, Tampa Bay Buccaneers beating the Denver Broncos 28-10. to 10, And I, I watched this whole game. 
the Tampa Bay Bucks looked really good. The offense still seemed a bit out of sync. I know that um, Tom Brady had a good game. Uh, the the rushing game was pretty good. Uh, Tom Brady, 297 yards and three touchdowns. All three of those passing touchdowns coming in the first half. Um, but yeah, overall, I think the biggest takeaway for me watching this game was how good Tampa Bay's defense looks. Um, I know they were going up against a beat-up Broncos who are missing Drew Locke. Um, I'm not sure how much better he would have led the offense compared to Jeff Driscoll. Uh, and they're missing Cortland Sutton. They're missing a few other guys. It just seems like their whole team's getting hurt. But the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense was absolutely dominant. Um, six sacks. They blocked a punt. They got a safety, a uh, couple interceptions. I mean, they looked good all day. And I think they're going to be a problem for teams moving forward. Yeah, Bucks look good on defense. And and like you said, you know, with with the Broncos having the injuries that they are, you know, it's it, it might have been a, a slightly different story. But even if Cortland Sutton was back and, and Drew Locke was playing at the top of his game, I I still think that the, the way the Bucks defense is playing, they would have still kind of handed the Broncos their butts. Um, and like you were saying, like, I, it was – I'm. I'm so bittersweet on Tom Brady right now because, you know, I love to see the guy. He's been my, you know, he's, I've got a Tom Brady jersey in my, in my closet right now. And, but it's a Patriots jersey. So it's like, how do I, how do I wear that right now? And, it, you know, it's going to take a little bit of time for me to put that bad boy back on. And, you know, it's exciting to see him get three touchdowns, no interception. He had a, a, a good fantasy day, honestly, for, for Tom Brady. And, you know, when I look down the stat sheets, what cracks me up is uh, Mike Evans. And uh, you guys know that I've been talking talking a little poopy about the Mike Evans-Tom Brady connection. But that's also a little uh, a little disdain on my heartstrings because I just don't like Tom Brady throwing it to anybody that isn't a Patriots player. So, you know, you can't blame me. But two receptions, two yards, and two touchdowns? Talk about production. And, and, and yeah. it's, it's great to see that. It really is. Like, well, I mean, for Tom Brady, it – as a person and not as playing against them in fantasy or playing against Mike Evans in fantasy. But, but I'm just, I was just laughing when I saw this stat line, you know, like what, what else do you do? Yeah. And I mean, Mike Evans last week had a big game. I think he had nine catches targeted heavily. Um, there's definitely a connection there, but this week the Bucks got Chris Godwin back who went out again with a hamstring injury. So his status moving forward is um, up in the air, but yeah, it's just it really comes down to how many weapons this Tampa Bay Bucks team has. Um, I think the biggest news for me on the offensive side was Rob Gronkowski. Seven targets, hauled in six of them for 48 yards. The one that he didn't haul in, um, that one target that he wasn't able to catch, was a beautiful, beautiful route run right to the corner of the end zone. Uh, Tom Brady just put it a little bit too far and he ended up stepping out of bounds as he was hauling it in. Uh, could have been an easy touchdown because he was pretty wide open. Uh, but yeah, I liked what I saw from Rob Gronkowski. He only had two catches coming into this game. Seems like he might finally start being able to get back into football shape and maybe that connection will get revived. And if that's the case, hold on. Yeah. Because... Oh gosh, that's a scary duo. It really is. Yep, we and... saw what they can do. And O.J. Howard's looking good. I mean, he bad season last year, high draft pick a couple of years back, wondering if the Bucks are going to trade him. But he looked good. Um, one person who did not look good 
was Leonard Fournette. No, and especially uh, after his great week last week. Um, so, and I tried trading for him, and you know, some other leagues it really don't matter. And but because people, I, you know, that's when you sell high. I guess that's what I was expecting. I'm like, oh, he's going to be good this this week, or he's going to be good going forward. But to see, uh, to see him digress, it, it it's just like, oh, well, what the heck's happening there? Yep. Fournette, seven carries for 15 yards, caught two passes for seven yards. I mean, he just – he looked slow. And I, I didn't think he looked fantastic last week. Um, he broke off uh, like a 40-yard touchdown run. That made him look a lot better. But, yeah, if he's not breaking off a run, he just looks slow. And Ronald Jones actually had 13 carries for 53 yards, uh, added in two catches for 20 yards. Um, it's, it's really a split backfield. And, I mean, both guys – aren't great but both of them could have big games here and there um it'll just be really interesting to see how this works out going forward Fournette did have a fumble that was recovered by the Bucks. uh Tom Brady was trying to give him a handoff just hit him right in the chest and bounced on the ground and that's probably another reason why Fournette didn't get as many touches as Ronald Jones uh Ronald Jones had the same thing last week where he fumbled and then Fournette got most of the carries so uh, Bruce Arians is notorious. If you make a, if you screw up, you miss a, a block or you fumble the ball, you're probably not going to get it in your hands much more the rest of the game. Yeah, and like you were saying, Fournette did seem slow. Um, if if I had to compare the two, it, it obviously that RJ the second he just he looked quicker, he looked more explosive, he looked like you know the guy that they're going to give the ball to more often. And I think that last week was kind of a, you know kind of a paddle on the butt that said, listen, you fumble the ball, we're not going to give it to you. But I think they took it back to him and they gave him, you know, they put that trust back in his arms. And I think he's starting to, you know, to deliver. But with with their team, you know, you know, Gronkowski, Godwin, Evans, uh, you don't have anybody fantasy. Well, I guess Gronkowski just this game. But there's so many offensive weapons with the Bucks that, you know, Godwin and Evans are going to get something. But everybody else, it's like, who, who, who? You don't really know. Yep. Yep. And I mean, LaShawn McCoy's still in that backfield. Um, he had a couple catches, but nothing really special. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting. I think that uh, it's it's amazing how much better the Buccaneers look when they're not throwing three interceptions a game like last season, and how much better that defense looks when they're not starting at the fifty yard line every time. Yeah, when you're not playing so, catch up continuously. Now. Something that was great for fantasy owners of uh, Chris Godwin and Mike Evans last year was, you know, all that catch up they had to play. They were having huge games, which is fantasy viable. That's awesome. But with with Brady there, it's more of a precision attack and he's going to, you know, kill you with a thousand cuts kind of approach. Yep. But I mean, both of those guys still awesome. Uh, if Chris Godwin is going to miss some significant time, Scotty Miller's could step up. He had three catches for 83 yards. Um he looked better. Last week he had a couple drops, uh, but he's that shifty little white speedy receiver that Tom Brady always seems to find in any offense he plays in. So he's somebody to keep an eye on um, moving forward. Moving over to the Broncos side of the ball, there's not a lot to write home about here. No. Jeff Driscoll, 17 for 30, 176 yards, had a touchdown right before halftime, threw an interception, was under pressure all day. Uh, they threw in Brett Ripien, Brett Ripien, uh, he was a rookie or a second year guy. Um, he came in at the end of the game because the Bucks were up big, uh, just trying to get him some experience, I'm assuming. 
Um, he didn't do anything. He did complete eight of nine passes, but the Bucks were just opening up the umbrella, letting him throw it underneath, and then making the tackles. Um, the rushing, though. I know Bucks have a good rush defense, but Melvin Gordon, eight carries for 26 yards. Uh, nobody else really to speak of in that background. They ended up as a team, 14 carries for 42 yards rushing. Yeah, I didn't need to see that. And with with uh, knowing that Drew Locke was out uh, and them going against the Bucks and um, Philip Lindsay out, I- I'm expecting Gordon to just get a bulk of work right there. And, I mean, technically that's the bulk of the running that came to him, but he just there was no production there. So it's kind of disheartening to see that um, 5.8 points. Um, with Melvin Gordon as a starting running back for me. But I'm still, I think the lone highlight of this, uh, well, maybe there are two good spots. I guess Jerry Judy, 555, but then Noah Fant, uh, he's, been, he's been consistent all year. I mean, he didn't get a touchdown this week, but, you know, it, it's, it, it's great to see that uh, he's playing the, the way that he's playing. And once things start clicking for that offense again, I think we're going to see an uptick in points produced by Noah Fant. Yeah, and I mean, Noah Fant, uh, he didn't have the big break off, breakaway plays like he had the last couple of weeks, didn't get the touchdowns. No. Um, but still, he was targeted 10 times, caught five of them for 46 yards. Uh, some of those targets were uncatchable. Um, I still think he looked pretty good. And yeah, Jerry Judy, the rookie, uh, filling in that number one role there, he looked pretty good as well. Um, but other than that, yep, there was a couple fumbles. Bucks defense looked good. I think that's all I got to say for this. Yeah, game. I can I can concur with that. So we will move on to the three and O Bears taking on the pitiful, just just awful <laughs> Atlanta Falcons at zero and three. Oh my 3. gosh, the Atlanta Falcons! Like that's just a smack in the forehead. Every time you think of them now, this is the second week in a row that they have blown. A at least a 15-point lead in the fourth quarter. Last week, we all know the Cowboys coming back and taking them down. This week, it was Nick Foles coming out in the second half, going throwing three touchdown passes. Could have been a fourth. Um, the the Allen Robinson, he threw it up to him in the end zone. The, the defender just beautiful play, ripped it out of his hands and came down with it for an interception in the end zone. It wasn't a bad throw by Foles. Allen Robinson just got outplayed by the, the defensive back on that one. But Nick Foles coming in after halftime, after Mitch Trubisky looking like a turd out there in the first half. What what do you think about Nick Foles and this Bears team going Well, he forward? was just schlinging meat, and it's great to see that. But honestly, like, it took him a little bit to get into a rhythm. I mean, he went 16 for 29, 188 yards with three touchdowns and that interception. Um, there were, I feel like, him coming in halfway week three he's got some you know little kinks to work out with with his number one offense but he didn't it didn't deter him and he kept throwing it he kept throwing it and things started like to to click for him and things are breaking through and you know he got those he got those touchdowns which is fantastic especially being being given 10 points he's he's coming in with 10 points on the board for his team and he, falcons have 26 and I mean, I mean, everybody knows like, oh, what happened to the Falcons last week, or what how happened to the Falcons when they blew that twenty-eight to three lead in the Super Bowl against the Patriots. So he knew it was possible, and I commend uh, BDN for for doing what he did, given the situation. Yep, and if BDN for those, if you know, you know, <laughs> uh, we won't 
<laughs> mention the name because there's some profanity in it. But if you know, you know. And it looks like uh, Matt Nagy came out and said he's the starter. So looks like moving forward, he's their guy. And I think he adds another dynamic to this team. Their defense looks good. So maybe watch out for the Bears. I know they've played some weak, weak competition, but hey, I mean, a win's a win, and they're three and zero right now. So can't be any better. That's than all that. you hear from Bears uh, fans is I don't care, three and zero, baby. Hey, I wish the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were three and zero, and I wish I know you wish the Patriots yeah, were three and zero. So I do. Uh, the rushing game, Mitch Trubisky, one carry for 45 yards. He, that, he might as well have just been on, uh, on a track because there was nobody within 50 yards of him on that carry, took it down. Um, he actually tied David Montgomery for the lead in rushing for the Bears, Montgomery 14 for 45. Um, he looked better, though. Uh, I think the big news here is, is, is Tariq Cohen tearing his ACL out for the season. So buckle up, David Montgomery, because – you're not getting any more touches vultured from you from Cohen. You'll probably get some more passing work. Um, that's an unfortunate blow for the Bears. Uh, they just signed him to an extension earlier, and now he's done for the season. Well, at least he got the bag before he got tore up. So that's that's good on his part. But it's never good. Um, and that's one of the, the few injuries that we did have week three so far. Um, so, you know, especially coming after last week when we had, like, a crazy amount of ACL tears. You know, we expected like, oh, who's it going to be this week? And, and, you know, you kind of understand that some more is going to happen. But it's never good when a player goes down like that. So, you know, hopefully he can come rebound next year and, you know, come out and play his, play his game. But, yeah, like you're saying, Montgomery, no more vultured touches. Uh, so the Bears, the Bears fans just got to be happy right now regardless. Yep, and the, the receiving group looked good. Allen Robinson, 10 catches for 123 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Jimmy Graham, Jimmy Grandpa, six catches, 60 yards, and two touchdowns. And then Anthony Miller had two catches for 41 yards and a touchdown. I thought that their receivers looked good. Allen Robinson always looks good. Uh, surprised that Jimmy Graham, I mean, he's red zone guy getting targeted yeah, down that there. Yeah, that was um, a surprise to me, too. Like, after the first one, I'm like, oh, Jimmy Graham's still playing the game. Okay, cool. And then he got another one. I'm like, oh, two. I don't yep. think that'll happen again, but – that's awesome for him. Yep. Moving over to the Falcons, um, again, blowing a lead. Matt Ryan, 19 of 38, 238 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Uh, he looked really good in the first half. And then the Bears defense started getting to him. The Falcons went into turtle mode where they can't move the ball. They're just trying to hold on to the lead, just stay content with where they are. And yeah, I mean, same thing they did against the Patriots in the Super Bowl, same thing they did last week against the Cowboys there. When they're trying to hold on to a lead, they just can't seem to do anything. And that was kind of the case this week. Uh, a Kind of a high note was Todd Gurley, 14 carries for 80 yards. Now, watching this game, I did not think he had that many yards rushing. He didn't seem like he was that effective. Um, so I was surprised to see him end up with 80 yeah. yards and, and added the touchdown After, there. uh after Todd Gurley's historic year, well, you know, when he was the number one RB in fantasy, when the Rams didn't play him in the Super Bowl, I wrote him off immediately because I'm like, there's something wrong here if they are not going to their star running back who who, who is leading the t- league in touchdowns and, and yards. He was just outstanding that year, and they didn't go to him at all. So I'm just like, something's wrong here, and they're not saying it. And so I've just steered clear of Todd Gurley. 
ever since. But when I'm seeing this 80 yards, I didn't think that he did either. After I was watching highlights of the game, it didn't look like much, but he had a few good, decent-sized runs, and then that touchdown, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm happy for him because of his, his woes that he's had these past few years after that, his great year with the Rams. So I'm happy that Todd Gurley got, you know, 80 yards. That's a big number for him. A running back that did look good for them was Brian Hill. Uh, nine carries for 58 yards. He had a beautiful 35-yard touchdown run in there. He looked good and explosive, but if you're in for fantasy purposes, I, he's not somebody you could trust, maybe somebody to keep an eye on. Um, Calvin Ridley, uh, right before the game, Julio was ruled out. Calvin Ridley ended up with five receptions for 110 yards, had 13 targets. Matt Ryan was just, as I said earlier, under pressure, um, couldn't get the ball to him uh, accurately later in the game. But Calvin Ridley, again, coming out with a big fantasy day, another the third consecutive week where he's over 100 yards receiving. Um, other than that, the other pass catchers, not much to speak of there. Russell Gage going out with a suspected concussion, midway through the game so they were really weak at receiver what do you think about Calvin yeah Ridley, and these Ridley other looked catchers? great and he got more almost yeah more than half of his yards off that first first throw of the game for the Falcons and that was a, a big time toss and catch so that was that was spectacular um and I think though that the reason he didn't get a touchdown is because there's no there's no Julio opposite of him um so there's not that extra threat so they they could buckle down and cover Ridley a little bit harder um but he still produced he still produced as the number one receiver, which is which is awesome to see. And you you can see moving forward if if you know if they don't have Julio, they still have a viable option at receiver. And and with Matt Matt Ryan, you know, slinging the way that he does, uh, to, and especially this year so far to what Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley was the number one receiver coming into this week, and I think uh, he might still be the number one receiver uh, after this week too. So. It's just great to see that. And you picked him up right after I picked up Odell Beckham Jr. Um, and I've been smacking myself in the face for that because I just I saw the bright lights of the OBJ and I was just like, I got to get him. He fell this far. And yeah, you know, you're, you, you've got Calvin Ridley and you're so much better off with Calvin Ridley at week three than having OBJ on your team. So, yep. It's it's fantasy football. I mean, sometimes you, you make the, the great call and it works out and other times you it just doesn't. Um, so we'll move away from the Falcons um, as they blow another late lead to lose to the Bears. We'll move on to the Rams and Bills. Rams improving to three and zero, taking down or the Bills improving to three and zero, taking down the Rams thirty five to thirty two. And this game came down right to the end. Um, there was a very, I will say, very controversial. Um, pass interference call against the Rams defense in in the on a fourth down play and the very last seconds of the game and the Bills were able to squeak away take advantage and get the the victory here uh the the Rams were down heavily in the in the second half and made it came back all the way to take a 32 to 28 lead and ended up giving up the game there uh what yeah, are your well, thoughts on this that, and then uh the post-game interview, Josh Allen said, he's like, you know, that's, you know, if I have to, you know, tell you how I want to win, that's not the way that I want to win, but we got the win. So, you know, you got to accept it. Um, now mistake, correct me if I'm mistaken, but wasn't there a, another blown call earlier in the game? 
I was not sure. I This is one of the games. Yeah. I mean, there were a ton of early games on. I was watching some of the other ones, and I just was able to catch the, the last well, few minutes of this is, one. Um, if, I can't remember, so we would have to take another look at that, but we don't have the time right now. But I'm thinking there was a, a, a blown pass interference call on the opposite side for the Rams that this call kind of – I don't know if, if they had to do it to balance it out, but it, it, it was a costly call for – against the bills so i'm i was thinking when i saw this when i saw this play and when i was listening to what josh allen is saying i was like i think it was just a balance out by the refs now i hate to think that the refs have to balance out one bad call with another one because then your team doesn't get the the chance that they deserve to really play the game to the best of their ability and and go out there and and win a tough matchup but you know this was a shootout and jared goff looked great but the real story here is Josh Allen. He has just been fantastic this season. Yes, he has. Yep, he ended up with another 300-yard passing game, 311 to be exact, four passing touchdowns, one interception. Um, Wasn't doing it with his legs this game, only four carries for eight yards. Devin Singletary did look good on the ground uh, with Zach Moss out. Devin Singletary, 13 carries for 71 yards, added four receptions for 50 yards. So no touchdowns for Singletary, but that's kind of the norm for him. He doesn't get into the end zone a whole lot, but good, good fantasy day for him and a lot of yardage put up. This Buffalo team, um, I think that um, Stephon Diggs has just added a whole new element. He had four catches for 49 yards and another touchdown. Uh, Tyler Croft, some tight ends getting in there. He had four catches for 24 yards and two touchdowns. So... um, Cole Beasley, another guy putting up good receiving numbers, six catches for 100 yards. And then some guy, I have no idea who he is, Gabriel Davis, four receptions for 81 yards for the Bills. Um, Overall, I think their offense is cooking, and I don't think people expected that coming into this year. Uh, A lot of haters on Josh Allen, he can't throw the ball accurately, but he's silencing everybody through the first three weeks of the season. um, His first two seasons, throwing the ball um, 25-plus yards, he was like 20% accuracy. So far this season, he's 76% accurate. So Josh Allen has taken his game to the next level, which has taken the Bills to the, to the next level. And I love Cole Beasley. Um, I, I've always loved watching him since he was playing on the, the Cowboys with Tony Romo. He's just like that, that little nasty dude that's just – he's tough. Uh, he, he just keeps going. He gets, he gets a, a monster amount of volume. Um, but when he came to the Bills, it wasn't as much. Um, but to see him go six for 100, that's awesome to see. And like you said, with Singletary, Singletary had a great game. Uh, and fantasy-wise, he had 14.1 points with no touchdowns. Um, that's fantastic. If he gets a touchdown, that's, that's huge. Um, but, but, but the Bills, watch out for the Bills. Josh Allen, and, and, and he's, he's a close second behind Russell Wilson for MVP in my book right now. Yep. Yeah, he's up there. We'll pick up the pace a little bit going through some of these other guys uh, so we make sure that this isn't <laughs> a three-hour podcast. On the on the Rams side, Jared Goff, 321 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. Thought he looked really good, better than he has um, in some games this season. I think the big news is Daryl Henderson Jr., 20 carries for 114 yards and a rushing touchdown. Um Cam Akers is still banged up. He did not play. Malcolm Brown, only seven carries for 19 yards. He did hurt his finger, 
but it looks like it's Daryl Henderson taking over that backfield, uh, which again, it's another running back by committee for the Rams and whoever's healthy and looking good is going to get the carries. So uh, Daryl Henderson was the guy this week. I'm not sure how that looks going forward, but if you had him in your lineup, congrats. Um, and then the receiving game, Cooper Cup finally getting involved. Nine catches, 107 yards, and a touchdown. Robert Woods, Mr. Bobby Trees, five catches for 74 yards and a touchdown. So the top two receiving targets there in the Rams offense, both looking good this yeah, week. Yeah, it's always good to see your top players produce. Um, that's all you can really ask for fantasy-wise. And Tyler Higby did uh, – no, he did not get into the end zone. He had – after the big three-touchdown game last week, he had two catches for 40 yards, and that was all he did all game. All right, moving on to the next game, we will go to the Washington football team getting taken down by the Cleveland Browns, 34-20. to 20. Um, The Browns uh, – I, I sent – the group chat uh, a picture that Odell Beckham Jr. was quoted at earlier this week of saying that it was not going to be a good year for big stat numbers. Um, it seems like he's kind of bought into the let's win as a team instead of give me the ball. And I mean, the Browns, they've won back-to-back games now. Uh, and the, the running game is really where they've got it done at. Uh, Nick Chubb, 19 carries, 108 yards and two touchdowns. And then Kareem Hunt, adding 16 carries for only 46 yards, uh, but he was able to get in on a receiving touchdown. He added two catches for 18 yards and that receiving touchdown. What do you think about this Cleveland well, if, Browns if offense? It's not broken, don't fix it. Um, I've, I've barely seen Jarvis Landry. Uh, we, we kind of see Obel Beckham Jr., but that's mostly because he's got a name. But the story here is Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. And Mayfield's not even doing a whole lot you know, 16 for 23, 156. He's not really getting a lot of high yardage games. It's just, it's the run game here. Um, it, it, it's the Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt show. And, then, and that's working for them. So they're sticking to it. Yep. And I think that that's going to be the success for this team to win football games. They Baker Mayfield doesn't need to be out there slinging it around, throwing for 350 yards and four touchdowns. They have a pretty solid offensive line. They got two great running backs. Let those guys move the ball, take your shots when you get the chance, and win the football game. Rely on the defense. Odell Beckham Jr., four catches for 59 yards. Jarvis Landry, four catches for 36. So not much doing in the receiving game. On the Washington side of the ball, uh, it seems like the wheels are starting to fall off. They got that uh, win in the first game of the season, and since then it's just looked bad. Dwayne Haskins, 224 yards. Uh, two touchdowns, but he did throw three interceptions. Um, Antonio Gibson, I think that he's starting to look a little bit better. He added nine carries for 49 yards, so pretty good um, rushing game there. Not a lot of carries. Uh, did get a touchdown, but outside of that, there's nobody else in that backfield yeah, that seems to be doing it's much. It's really just the, him right now. Um, and and with Dwayne Haskins, it's three interceptions. Like You're not looking for that. And like you said, they get that one, that week one win, but that was against the worst team in the league, the Philadelphia Eagles. So, what, what, you know, you expect to beat the worst team in the league. Yeah, one thing to note is that the, at one and two, the Washington football team is currently tied for the division <laughs> lead in the NFC East. So, with the, with the Dallas Cowboys. So, that lets you know how yeah, good Cowboys that Yeah, Cowboys should division win that division is. easily. Uh, there was... Their team is obviously the best of the four. 
a should, but it is the Cowboys, and we all know how they love to underachieve. Uh, Terry McLaurin, four catches for 83 yards, uh, was targeted eight times. So not a lot of catches, but the dude's awesome. He's getting yards. He's really the only consistent thing on that offense. Um, and then Dontrell Inman, another wide receiver, three catches for 38 yards, but did get two receiving yeah, touchdowns. That's production. You know, you, so you're, designed, you're designing these plays to get the touchdowns then. And even if, you know, that's not a fantasy viable player right there because you can't count on him for consistency, but he got it done. Yep. And I hope nobody started Dwayne Haskins Jr. because along with those three interceptions, he did fumble it twice and lose one of them. So, not a good day for the Washington football team as they lose to the Cleveland Browns. And we will move on to the next game, which is another 3-0 and team, the Tennessee Titans, winning a close one, 31-30, against the 0-3 Minnesota Vikings. What this was your the Stephen Gostkowski show. And after a terrible outing week one, um, and then he came back a little bit week two, he went 6-6 six for six and scored 25 25- yeah, 25 points in fantasy, almost the top scorer, scorer fantasy-wise on their team. Um, and, and it took a little while for even Derrick Henry to get going, too. And people are starting to worry about him, but he got those two touchdowns in the third quarter, which is nice. But, um, you know, Tannehill looked all right, but that interception, that lone interception, you know, that, that's not saying much. But uh, there's not really much to say here because the Vikings aren't that great either. So squeaking out a win, going 3-0, a win's a win in this league. Yep. Uh, Tannehill, 23 of 37, did throw for 321 yards, um, ha- had that interception. He wasn't putting up the passing touchdowns, but, hey, they got the win, kicked the game winner there late. Uh, Derrick Henry seemed to start getting it going a little bit more, 26 for 119. Um, maybe, maybe the weather's starting to cool down a little bit. Maybe he'll pull the tractor out of the barn. He'll start really rolling here as the next few weeks come along. And then their pass catchers. I mean, Corey Davis, another decent game, five catches, 69 yards. Johnu Smith looks like he's going to be probably a top five tight end fantasy wise this year. I mean, he's looked real good. He had five catches for 61 yards, but the, the show stealer for the, the um, Tennessee Titans receiving group was Khalif Raymond, three catches for 118 yards, uh, long of 61. So he had a big day for the Tennessee Titans. Um, but I think pretty much all of your fantasy relevant players that you were really wanting to start outside of Derrick Henry were on the Minnesota side of the ball in a losing effort. Um, Kirk Cousins looked bad, I guess. Uh, 251 yards, three touchdowns through two interceptions. Not good there. Um, and then, but the, the guy that really stole the show was Dalvin cook, 22 carries, 181 yards and a touchdown. Yeah. I was going to say he Justin awesome. Jefferson being the rookie. We expect, uh, Dalvin that's cook another to guy. Good games like that. 181 yards is a great, uh, running back yardage. Um, but for the rookie to come out seven receptions, 175 yards at one touchdown, like that's fantastic. He's definitely going to be a priority ad on the waiver wire. Yep, and he was somebody that I drafted, but nobody else seemed to be high on. He didn't seem like he was getting involved, so I dropped him pretty quickly. But hey, maybe maybe he's going to start getting involved more. Um, Adam Thielen, only three catches for 29 yards, but he did have a touchdown. So yeah, the, the Vikings blew this game. I mean, they, that's just plain and simple. They should have won. Tennessee Titans, 
they're just a gritty team. They find ways to win. And yep. I mean, I guess that's all you can ask. Um, all right. So moving on from the Tennessee Titans and the Minnesota Vikings, we will go to the 49ers against the Giants. Uh, a blowout here. 49ers winning 36 to 9. 49ers basically just starting their entire practice squad because everybody's hurt. Nick Mullins filling in for Jimmy Garoppolo. Nick Mullins, 343 yards passing and a touchdown. Huge day for the fill-in quarterback. Um, their rushing game, though, this is really where they they like to win, and they didn't do much on the ground. Uh, not that they needed to, but Jarek McKinnon led the backfield, 14 carries for 38 yards, did get into the end zone. Brandon Ayuk, the rookie wide receiver, had three carries for 31 yards and a touchdown on the ground. And then Jeff Wilson Jr., 12 carries for 15 yards and also a rushing touchdown. It seems like this backfield is really missing. Yeah, that explosive, uh, the capability of breaking off those big runs, seeing that high yardage, um, that's what you're getting with Raheem Mostert and uh, the other guy. <laughs> I can't think of his name. Um, Tevin Coleman, that's yeah, but uh, Tevin Coleman Mullins real quick last year when Jimmy Garoppolo was out, this guy was throwing the ball. So when he came in, I was like, I, I had no worries. I'm like, I, I actually trust this guy as a backup. He's a solid player and he's going to throw the ball and make good decisions. Yeah. And I mean, he came in, I think it was two years ago when Jimmy Garoppolo tore his ACL and he had to fill in for most of the season. Um, but yeah, he's always been a, a reliable fill in. And I heard rumors that, Teams had reached out about trading for Nick Mullins last season when Jimmy Garoppolo was healthy, and the, the 49ers <laughs> didn't want to move on from him. So I get it, it always pays to have a good backup quarterback, just ask the Philadelphia Eagles uh, when they had Nick Foles there for a few years. The receiving game, uh, Brandon Ayuk, welcome to the NFL. Had a good game, five catches for 70 yards, adding to that rushing touchdown. Um, Kendrick Bohr, four catches for 63 yards. George Kittle was out of this game. I mean, outside of those two guys, the ball was really spread around. It looks like there was about 10 or 11 different receivers catching passes. And so um, not a lot of good fantasy numbers because I doubt many of these guys were started. But uh, the 49ers getting a big win because they had got to play Daniel Jones, Mr. Turn the Ball Over and the pitiful New York Giants. Yeah, there's not Saquon much you can Barkley. expect now without Saquon. And then they don't have um, uh, Sterling Shepard. And it, there's just – it's kind of falling apart a little bit. And, and Daniel Jones second-year quarterback. So this is kind of not what we're hoping for, but it's also to be expected when you're going against the 49ers. Yep, Daniel Jones, 17 of 32, 179 yards and one interception. Uh, he did lead the backfield in rushing, five carries for 49 yards. Devontae Freeman signed off of the street this week, five carries for 10 yards. Wayne Gallman, four carries for seven yards. The I think the Giants might have like 120 rushing yards through four games, like they've been, or through three games. They've just been awful. Uh, Darius Slayton looked pretty good, three catches for 53 yards. Golden Tate, five catches for 36, but yeah. Nobody you probably want to start off of this New York Giants offense moving forward. Um, Darius Slayton and Daniel Jones both lost fumbles as well. So not a good day for the Giants. Probably not going to be a very good season. Now with that, we will move on trying to get through all these games. There are a lot. We'll move on to the worst team in the league taking on the Cincinnati Bengals. The worst team being the 
Philadelphia Eagles, who couldn't even get a win against the lowly Bengals. They ended up tying 23-23. to uh, Joe Burrow thought he looked really good again, 31 of 44, 312 yards, two passing touchdowns. Joe Mixon looks like he is not going to be the fantasy guy that people wanted him to be. 17 carries for 49 yards um, and two catches for 16. So he's been pretty bad fantasy-wise. I think the big shining bright spot on the Cincinnati offense outside of Joe Burrow has been Tyler Boyd. 10 catches for 125 yards. A.J. Green seems slow. Uh, He only had five catches for 36 yards. Um, And then everybody else, you're not really – touching T Higgins maybe somebody that you're looking at uh the rookie wide receiver there five catches for 40 yards did get two receiving touchdowns um, what are your Burrow, thoughts on he's, the Bengals? he's playing like he's supposed to this is why they drafted him in number one overall when I go down to the rushing with the running backs it's really just Mixon and you know when Mixon came into the league I, I feel like he's been overrated since he's came into the league like he's had a few decent games but he's not a consistent player that I've seen and somebody that catches my eye. Um, but like you said, Boyd, 10 receptions, 125 yards, that's awesome. You know, I had him on my bench, which isn't awesome, but it's great to see that, and I know now not to make that mistake again. Um, Higgins, as a, as a rookie, you know, two touchdowns, that's awesome for him. But like you said, Green, it, I, and I saw this too. This is why I drafted Boyd over Green. I, I didn't think that Green was going to come in and, and be the Green that we – had seen previously in 2018. So uh, that's just someone I avoided because I see that over-the-hump player, he's just slowing down. Yep. Yeah, and it's unfortunate because he was such an awesome wide receiver. Maybe he, maybe defenses start to let up on him a little bit and he can put up some numbers, but definitely doesn't look like the same guy. On the other side of the ball, Carson Wentz, Worst quarterback in the league? I don't know. You tell me. Uh, 29 of 47, only 225 yards passing, one touchdown, three interceptions. Did add nine carries for 65 yards and a rushing touchdown. So if you started him, that might have saved your fantasy day. Um, But he doesn't look good. Uh, Who does look good, though, is Miles Sanders. 18 carries, 95 yards. Uh, He also added four catches for only 12 yards. But the, the Philadelphia team just looks bad. And their, their leading wide receiver this week was Greg Ward. Eight catches for 72 yards and a touchdown. Zach Ertz looked pretty good. Seven catches for 70 yards. Um, Dallas Goddard had one catch for seven yards and his only target and was immediately injured and left in the first quarter. Uh, and if he's down, I mean, Deshaun Jackson went out with a hamstring. Alshon Jeffrey's still out. Uh, Jalen Rager's still out. Um, this team is not going to be any better if all these players keep getting hurt. And it's just, it's bad news. Yeah, there sounds like an injury for the Philadelphia for them. Eagles. And it's kind of hard for a player like Wentz. We've seen what he can do. It's kind of hard for him to play uh, well when you got nowhere to go. Um, also though, he has been overthrowing a lot and making bad decisions, but you know, I guess that's just the decline of Carson Wentz. Yeah, just doesn't look good, and it doesn't help when you don't have anybody to throw it to. Uh, next game is the – oh, we really got to go quick here. Spent too much time talking about <laughs> the Tampa Bay Bucks and the New England Patriots. The next game is the Pittsburgh Steelers 3-0, and beating the Houston Texans 0-3. The Steelers coming away 
to 21. Uh, Deshaun Watson looked good early, and then the Steelers' defense just turned it on, and that was all she wrote. Um, Deshaun Watson, 264 yards, two passing touchdowns, an interception, uh, only one carry for five yards. David Johnson not doing much, 13 carries for 23 yards, but did have a rushing touchdown. Um, Randall Cobb, though, kind of the breakout wide receiver, four catches for 95 yards. Will Fuller actually playing a full game, four catches for 54 yards. Uh, Brandon Cooks disappeared, didn't do much, three catches for 23. Uh, The Steelers' defense is good. I think Houston kind of caught him off guard. Um, Houston Texans, though, a rough start to the season, 0-3. First three opponents were the yeah, Chiefs, they've got the, the Ravens, and now so the Steelers. Far, so I can kind of expect that. Um, when when you look at his, when you look at Pittsburgh's uh, offensive stats, though, I'm happy to see Ben Ben Roethlisberger playing the way that he is. 23 for 36 with 237 yards and two touchdowns. Now there was a lot of questions uh, revolving around him, see if he'd be able to keep doing what he's doing. But it's also nice to see on the rushing attempt that James Conner going 18 rushes for 109 yards and a touchdown. That's great for fantasy owners. You know, you're starting to look, and, and he's really becoming more consistent. If he can stay healthy, this is the kind of player we're going to get. And then on the on the receiving end for the Steelers with Eric Ebron, 5 for 52 and a touchdown, that's awesome for a tight end. That's not somebody that anybody probably had in their lineup, but if you did because you're in a deep league, congratulations, you got a few points that you weren't expecting. And Juju catching his touchdown, that's great. You know, like he's he's that number one receiver. He's So far, he's not been like this huge play guy scoring a lot of points every week. But the, the Steelers are finding ways to win, and, and their defense is suffocating right now. Yep, and I mean, that's what they got to do. Their offense doesn't need to be high-flying if that defense is going to be so good. All right, moving on to the Colts taking down the New York Jets, thirty-six to seven. Yeah, um, not much to talk about. We here. could probably just it's skip just the basically the Colts' uh, defense side. just shutting them down. Colts' defense getting two defensive touchdowns and a safety. Uh, Mister Justin Ruff, the the host of the Flogcast, actually started the Colts' defense, and good for him because they scored a ton of points. Sam Darnold, three interceptions, only one hundred sixty-eight yards. Frank Gore's leading that backfield, barf. And then the receiving game, I mean, they're throwing to Braxton Berrios. They don't have a receiving game. Let's Lawrence Cager and uh, all these. Brashard Perriman and Jamison Crowder both out. Levin Bell is out. I mean, the Jets are awful, putting up seven points. Um, the Colts, though, Phillip Rivers, meh, 17 of 21, very efficient. Whoa, 217 yards and a passing touchdown. Jonathan Taylor, not a huge day on the ground. Uh, 13 carries for 59 yards, did have a receiving touchdown. And then the receiving game, T.Y. Hilton, three for 52. Mo Alley-Cox, though, second week in a row, he's had a good game. Three catches for 50 yards and a touchdown. But, yeah, the Colts team, they relied on their defense. They didn't need to do much because they were they up early. They just got to play the clock. And that the defense, defense was just everything suffocating. everything they needed them to do. The offense just has to play safe and not turn the ball over, and they did that. And they walked away with the W. Yep. Next game is the Chargers taking on the Panthers. Panthers coming away with their first victory of the season, 21-16. to um, Justin Herbert, kind of a little back-to-earth game after the big game against the Chiefs. Herbert, though, 35 of 49 passing, 330 yards and a touchdown, did have an interception, uh, three carries for 15 yards. Austin Eckler, though, looking like his old self. 12 carries for 59 yards and a touchdown. 
also added 11 receptions for 84 yards. So big day for him. And then welcome back, Keenan Allen. Seems like him and Justin Herbert have a really good connection. Keenan Allen, 13 catches, 132 yards and a touchdown. He's looking good again. I know Mr. Ruff will be happy about that because he's on his team. Um, what did you think about the Chargers? Well, I like and then Justin Herbert. Go he's, on to the Panthers. Thirty-five as well. for forty-nine, three hundred thirty yards. That's that's great. That's a second game started. Um, he's doing what he can. He's he's learning. He's going to move on. I think the Chargers have found their their uh, their quarterback. Um, when you look over on the other side, Teddy Bridgewater, twenty-two for twenty-eight with two hundred thirty-five yards and one touchdown. Um, I don't see this team as being a passing team, especially when you have Christian McCaffrey being like the highlight. You know, him being on the IR, though, is kind of rough. But Mike Davis went 13 rushes for 46 yards, and then he had eight receptions for 45 yards and a touchdown. Now, he's actually playing the CMC role quite well. And then uh, we have uh, Reggie Bonifon, two for 16. Nothing else really besides that, you know, number one RB situation. But Robbie Anderson has been great, a great addition for this team. Five receptions, 55 yards. And then DJ Moore, two receptions for, for 65 yards. That's really all they got. So they don't have a lot of, um, of pace and up to keep with the offense, but everyone's doing their job well enough right now, and especially against the Chargers, um, to come away with a win this week. Yep, and the Chargers do have a good defense. But, yeah, the Panthers, they're, they're in rebuilding mode. They're not expected to do great things every week. But I think Teddy Bridgewater is a good, good game manager, going to move the ball, for. not make a lot of mistakes. So the Panthers <clears> – sorry about that. The Panthers do come away with the victory. Now moving on to the Lions taking down the, the Arizona Cardinals. Lions coming away with a 26-23 to win. And uh, this yeah, is a game I that either, I did not watch a single snap. Matt Prater hitting um, those field goals is the reason they got this W. Yep. Kyler Murray throwing three interceptions, uh, 270 yards and two passing touchdowns. Um, Lions defense just seemed to have his number. Uh, Kenyon Drake, 18 carries for 73 yards. Kyler Murray adding five for 29 and a rushing touchdown. Um, he's been a been running the ball really well. Uh, the receiving game, it, again, all DeAndre Hopkins, 10 catches for 137 yards. People that were worried, myself included, that maybe he doesn't get the type of volume and the same numbers that he did in Houston, uh, that's been put to bed uh, handily because he's been a target and a reception machine this season. On the Detroit side of the ball, Matthew Stafford, two touchdowns, 270 yards. The Detroit Lions finally getting a win after a couple of heartbreaking losses, um, especially the one in week one to the Bears with uh, DeAndre Swift dropping the ball. Um, DeAndre Swift not getting a carry in this game, but Adrian Peterson sure did. 22 carries for 75 yards for the the old man. Um, and then Kenny Galladay coming back. Six catches for 57 yards and a touchdown. Um, outside of him, TJ Hawkinson only four for 53, and Marvin Jones three for 51. So, not a lot doing there offensively for the the Detroit Lions um, outside. Yeah, they of they got a win there. Um, what back to the Kyler Murray thing real quick. Uh, the first interception that he had was a tipped ball that his arm was hit, and then the ball was tipped by a defender and got the interception. The second one was a bad play by him. I didn't see the third one though. Yeah, yeah, and I, I'm guessing it was probably later, maybe trying to force something. Um, but we'll move on 
to one of the best games of the week, and that was the Seattle Seahawks taking down the Dallas Cowboys. Seattle moving to three and zero. Cowboys moving to one and two. Oh, he's been and fantastic. I think the the big story here is Russell Wilson. The guy, the guy is amazing. Five touchdown passes, three hundred and fifteen yards. Um, added six or uh, had six carries for MVP yards. all over Just him. And awesome. then you see Chris Carson had a solid enough game. Fourteen rushes for sixty four yards. Um, he got a little banged up in the game, but Tyler Lockett and D- DK Metcalf. These two guys with Russ Wilson are on the on. They you better start them every week. Tyler Lockett goes nine receptions for a hundred yards and three touchdowns. He had huge plays. DK Metcalf should have had uh, another touchdown, but he made a rookie mistake and got the ball knocked out before he got into the end zone and it punched out into the end zone. He went four receptions for a hundred and ten yards and one touchdown. Uh, Greg Olson did pretty solid, five receptions for sixty-one yards, um, and, but. Everywhere else, it was kind of some dink and dunk passes here and there. But the real story is Lockett, Metcalf, and Wilson on the Seattle side. Yeah, they've been they've been awesome this year, and I, I expect it could, to continue. On the Dallas side of the ball, Dak Prescott, um, another big day and a losing effort. 472 yards passing, three touchdowns, and had two interceptions. Um, he also lost a fumble. So three turnovers. They had a bunch of turnovers against the Falcons last week, uh, but were able to come away with the victory there. Uh, Couldn't do it against the Seahawks, though. Uh, Zeke Elliott, not a good day on the ground. 14 carries for 34 yards. Did have a rushing touchdown. But I think their receivers um, really ended up with a good game. Uh, Michael Gallup, six for 138 and a touchdown. No, I think this this was his first game because his first pass of his first catch and first pass was a touchdown. And then he just he, – he was on cloud nine, and he was playing with that, with that beginner's luck. I like to call it a little bit, but he was also probably riding an adrenaline high, and they got him the ball. Um, and that's the thing. You know, when you're throwing two interceptions and you lose a fumble, you got to play a lot of catch-up. So you got to hit your receivers. And uh, there was a lot of reception – a lot of receiving yards on this, on this team. And this guy, he just did his job, and he went out there and he balled out. Yep. Yeah, he had two touchdowns in there. Amari Cooper, nine catches for 86 yards. CeeDee Lamb, five for 65. And then Dalton Schultz, the backup tight end, filling in for the injured Blake Jarwin. Dalton Schultz, four for 48. So Dallas Cowboys, great for fantasy, but not sure how they're going to do with that. And that that last interception was the game. Um, Dak's last interception is when the Seahawks won that game. Yep. Moving on to the Sunday night football game, the Green Bay Packers taking down the Saints 37 to 30. Packers moving to 3 and 0 and the Saints are 1 and 2 on the season. Well, uh, you know, what do with, you think uh, about the Saints offense? I'll let you take no, it away. With Mike Thomas not being in the game right now, that kind of simplifies their offense and there's not much they can do. Uh Emmanuel Sanders is a good he, he's a good receiver. Um he had four for 56 and one touchdown, so he, he got his production in. The real story here for this offense is Alvin Kamara. Six rushes, 58 yards, 13 receptions, 139 yards, and two touchdowns. Now, if you look up Alvin Kamara week three touchdown run, you're going to see probably one of the best runs of the season, and I think it will hold up. He is amazing, and I'm going to just leave it there because I could talk about this guy all day. Um, 
Yeah, he he is amazing. And us playing each other this week, I was just watching that entire game with my my through my fingers because every time Kamara yeah, touches the ball, dynamic. it seemed like he's, he's getting twenty he's yards or a touchdown. He's just a so, great player to watch. Um, Yep, Drew Brees, 29 of 36, 288 yards, three touchdowns, and a losing effort. Um, I think that stat line's a little misleading because a lot of that was Kamara yeah, taking half the of ball his yards and running it after the catch. Kamara. Um, yep, and a lot of that was screen passes and things that Kamara just did with after the catch. Um, on the Green Bay Packers side, Aaron Rodgers, 21 of 32, 283 yards and three touchdowns. He was slinging it all over, looked awesome. I mean, Aaron Rodgers looks like he's back to his MVP form from a few seasons ago. Packers rocking and rolling. Aaron Jones, 16 carries for 69 yards and a touchdown on the ground. Um, Alan Lazard uh, filling in big time for the injured Devontae Adams. Uh, Six catches, 146 yards and a touchdown. Um, And then outside of that, I mean, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, another guy who was expected to get some work with Devontae Adams out, only one catch for five yards. Um, Robert Tanyan, I think he's a tight end, uh, five catches for 50 yards. But I think the big takeaway here is Aaron Rodgers. He's going to be in the MVP conversation with Russ Wilson and Josh Allen. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it maybe just a whisper in the conversation because Josh yeah. Allen and Russ Wilson are far yeah, he's ahead. He's definitely, I would say, number three, four, and anybody in the else in the league, really. Okay. Yep. Okay, that does it for all of the games of the week. Um, we'll just quickly go over some of the the flog scores. Uh, the LeBron Kings are currently up on the Terry's Terrorist, one eighty point nine to one fifty point seven. Uh, Marcus and the Terry's terrorists still has Mark Ingram and the chief's defense to play tonight. Not looking like he's going to come away with the victory there, unless he can get 30 points from those two guys. Um, the magic skull bus is going to come away with the victory against the coon squad. Coon squad is team is entirely done. 161.1 magic skull bus is up 185.5 and still has, Harrison Butker, the kicker for the Chiefs to go. So Magic School Bus will get the win there. Uh, the Blount Force is currently up 148.5 to 142.8. So up about six points on the Fresh Prince of Hell Air. Um, Fresh Prince of Hell Air only has Clyde Edwards Hilaire to play tonight. And the Blount Force has Lamar Jackson, Mark Andrews, and Justin Tucker. So looking like the Blount Force is going to come away with an easy victory there, dropping the Fresh Prince of Hell Air to 0-3. And the, the biggest matchup, I think, and the only game that's still really in question going into tonight is our matchup, TC. Savage Patch Kids are currently leading 166.9 to 116.6. So you're up about 50 points currently. But I still have Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, and Marquise Brown to play tonight. It's, so it's well, how are you feeling about it's our matchup? I, I you need know, your 50, players all have to 51 play points. Um, and with the, what I was saying earlier with the Chiefs, um, I, I imagine you're going to get touchdowns from Patrick Mahomes and either one or two. I would imagine at least two between Hill and Kelsey. If it's the like, if it's the Edwards Alaire. Uh, game then you're going to be biting your nails um this is going to be close one i mean i you could squeak this out but we don't know because it's the chiefs versus the ravens it's going to be a great game um people are calling for a shootout 
but it, it could be complete opposite of that and be a dud of a game. And that's not something anybody really wants, but you never really know with teams as good of a caliber as these two teams are. Yep, I know I'm rooting for a shootout. I hope everybody else is as well. Either way, it should be a fantastic game watching the Kansas City Chiefs take on the Baltimore Ravens. And that will do it. We'll be on, I'll be on tomorrow to discuss the, the results of the flog matchups. Um, any other news discuss the Monday night football game? Uh, go Savage um, Patch, Is there kids. anything you want to say I'm, before we go, if Whoever wins this game, Scott's going to be undefeated. But I'm okay with not being undefeated, too, because me and you both have a lot of injuries. Um, our top, some of our top players are out of the game right now. So it's not like our teams are at full strength going against each other. So I'm okay with the, uh, an L here, but I'm hoping for that dub. Uh, I'm hoping for that dub as well. Hopefully the the hail to the Chiefs can actually get call on the Chiefs to get the victory here. So that will do it for today's show. Thank you, TC, for joining me. I will be back tomorrow to discuss. Tune in Wednesday for the Commissioner's Corner. And then we will still plan on doing TC Thursday this week. Um, so that will do it. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. You have listened. <laughs>